the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches? I don't have to show you any stinking batches! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. When we uh, ended the show yesterday, I was a bit confused over some of the details of what was going on in United Airlines. I've, I've I've had it cleared up, and I'll get to that right off the bat after I let you know. Uh, hi, it's Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you've made it, everybody, here to the program. We are the antidote to the basket of bias, the Brian Williams press, if you will, here on the show. A 888 is the phone number. That's 888-900-3393. If you want to listen live, easy to do, go to theblaze.com slash radio. That's probably the simplest way. Now, in case you can't listen at work without headphones on you can't have it blaring out of your speakers in your in your pod or wherever you happen to be well the good news is with your smartphone you can download one of two apps or both if you want the blaze radio smartphone app or the iheart radio app that way that way you can basically take us with you if you don't want to have my dulcet tones being <laughs> broadcast throughout your entire office and who wouldn't love me i'm just i'm, I'm asking that question who would not love to have conservatism blasting out throughout their office. But just in case, just in case your boss frowns and that kind of thing, that you can have uh, the smartphone apps and you'll be able to plug in some earbuds and and then have at it. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, in case you know you're a, you're a brain surgeon and you, you can't have conservatism getting in the way of you doing your job. <laughs> so that SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher allows you to listen to all the programming here on The Blaze. And you can do it on your schedule. Binge listening. All the millennials are into that kind of thing. Binge watching, binge listening. And uh, those three outlets, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, are prime for that. Social media, The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook, at Chris Salcedo on TX. That's at Chris Salcedo TX on Twitter, I should say. And then go to theblaze.com channels section and make sure you follow us there all right uh, as we do we normally start off with a flip around i just want to draw your attention if you can folks to the chris salcedo show facebook page again the chris salcedo show c-h-r-i-s-s-a-l-c-e-d-o on facebook and you got to scroll down a couple of posts from the top but we have posted i think i found out why united airlines is having some trouble with their Public relations. Ellie, if, if you have the uh, the show page up, go ahead and just, 
if you want to just grab a look on Facebook and the Chris Salcedo show, and you got to scroll two, two posts down, there's a training video that United Airlines apparently... <laughs> a, a training... I, I, I think I figured out the problem. And when you guys go to the Chris Salcedo show Facebook page, I think you'll see the problem <laughs> too. Uh, that's not really their training video folks, but it was, it was so creative. I had to, I had to post it. So that is there for your, uh, your digestion with your eyes. And of course, share and share alike. We always encourage that across the platform. All right, let's get out to the flip around. For those of you new to the program, the flip around is basically we take the remote control and we flip around on all the cable network news channels to see what they are talking about. And we will start off, you know, we haven't started off yet with Fox News. So let's begin with them. But we need more help. Uh, More specifically, he said he wanted a no-fly zone and that he wanted anti-aircraft weapons, which the U.S. has said they won't give. He wants a lot more than that. It sounds like like they want more of these strikes from the United States come hell or high water. Yeah, they mentioned that too, of course. Uh, But then they pointed to the fact that the Tomahawk strike last week had not managed to take out the runway at Sharayat, and indeed uh, Syrian planes were still taking off from it. Sean Spicer, of course, yesterday said that that was a Russian stunt, that more damage had been done than was visible, and that 20% of the airbase had in fact been taken down. But as you said, barrel bombs being used again today, right a day after the U.S. said that the use of those would constitute uh, legal reasons for, or not legal, but cause for more uh, strikes on this country. So... That's uh, Fox talking about uh, more fallout from uh, the Syria attacks, uh, the Syria attacking their uh, Syria attacking their own people with chemical weapons. And of course, the U.S. response, they were talking to a member of the Syrian opposition who said, we need more of that. (laughs) No fly zones. We need more uh, strikes against Assad. The problem with the so-called free Syrian army is a courtesy of Barack Obama's dilly dallying folks. We don't know who these people are. They could be ISIS. They could be Al-Qaeda. And many folks had observed, oh, Mr. Trump, since you are firing missiles at Assad, you are now on the same side of ISIS. You are now on the same side as Al-Qaeda, which is patently absurd. Just because the interests of the United States and those terrorist groups happen to align doesn't mean that we did it. We weren't motivated by the same uh aspirations as those terrorist groups we were there to punish Bashar al-Assad and punish him we did simply because it worked out to benefit ISIS and and uh and al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups oh well we got our point across but you know we're not going to be these terror groups air force certainly Bashar al-Assad was punished for using chemical weapons uh Turkey is now verifying that it was sarin gas that was used in the attack. And still, there are those detractors who are out there saying, oh, the U.S. and everybody else is lying, but we believe Bashar al-Assad in Russia. (laughs) Okay. There's some folks that call themselves conservatives saying this. We don't really know. And a lot of liberals, too. Don't don't get me wrong. A lot of liberals, oh, we don't really know what happened. Leave it up to a liberal uh, to take the side of a dictator. Let's see what uh, is going on. What is this? Oh, this is CNBC. Let's have a listen to what they're talking about. That air, the, pe- the passengers at the other end on that flight would all, would all have been put on the ground. They wouldn't have flown. Uh, the, guy, the guy made a big mistake in refusing to get off the airplane. 
the other three people, they had four people, the other three got off with no problem. This is the the outflow from this video that came out of United Airlines. We were just talking about it off the top. And now they're starting to blame the victim. This is a guy, didn't want to give up his seat, randomly selected, and he had to give up his seat. You know what? And, and yesterday, here's the confusion I had. I was like, wow, here's a guy, bought his ticket, he's sitting in the seat, they want to kick him off, or but somebody was paying a, high, a higher price ticket to fly instead of booking their, their flight out months ahead. He booked, they needed a flight right then, and so they, they were paying premium for it. So they had to kick him off and take their money instead, a lot more money. No, it turns out they were utilizing this flight to get their crews to, to Louisville. It was flying out of Chicago to Louisville, and they needed to get, I guess, some, some relief for some pilots and some flight crews down to Louisville because they had already you know, timed out by, by federal statute. There's only a, you've got to have proper rest for those who work in the airline industry. So uh, at any rate, that they were trying to transport employees. So they were booting off paid customers to transport their employees because they overbooked. They overbooked. There's got to be a better solution than this. And of course, if you look at this guy, he's a doctor, a doctor with a sketched past. Not that that makes any difference. The guy was bloodied. I mean, have you guys seen these pictures? We, we put it up on the Salcedo Show Facebook page, too, from TMZ. This guy, this guy got knocked around. Oh, he shouldn't have resisted. You know what he shouldn't have done? He shouldn't have booked with United. That's, hey, you know what? This is a cautionary tale. Book with the United, you take your schedule into your own hands. Remember, I, actually, some of you got on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page yesterday and said, hey, it's a private company. What do you want? You know, you're absolutely right. They're a private company. This is, their, this is their idea of customer service, so I would think twice about flying United in the future. I would think three times about flying with United in the future. Hey, that's the marketplace, folks. Let's go over to um, MSNBS. Russia could be saying to Assad, you see what happens uh, when you do use chemical weapons? We were not going to punish you, even though we probably don't uh, like that you did this, but the U.S. can go ahead and bomb you just the way they did. Bianca, stay with us, if you will, all three of you, if you can stay with us. I want to turn to uh, Colonel Jack Jacobs, who has graciously joined me here on the set on a busy afternoon. We didn't know we were going to be hearing from the defense secretary this hour, but as we've mentioned, it should be about 15 minutes from now. Uh, this is really his first big briefing before the cameras, and it comes at this moment of, of international uh, you know, unrest in a lot of places. What do you think? At this moment? The hell has she been? It's been international unrest the, the last eight years. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the general, well, Secretary Mattis will be up uh, in front of the cameras in, in an hour. I guess we'll keep an eye out for that. That's, that's breaking news to us, too. I guess uh, MSNBS wasn't planning on it, neither were we. So we will keep an eye on that as well. Uh, let's flip over to CNN really quickly. The issue here, uh, it, it should be the issue, is the civil war itself and the continued killing of hundreds of thousands of Syrian people. And what to do with Assad. Yeah. Admiral Kirby, thank you very, very Admiral much. Admiral John Kirby, he was the, uh, he was the, spokes, the spokesmouth for the, uh, for the State Department in the, in the waning days of the uh, Obama administration. And uh, basically his, his job was to sell all of the lies from the Obama administration, lies like this. We were able to find a solution that actually removed the chemical weapons that were known from Syria in a way that the use of force would never have accomplished. And we, we brought this up yesterday, folks, and I'll talk more about this on the other side of the break. 
Now, now there's reporting out there that Team Obama knew that they that there weren't uh, that they didn't get rid of all the chemical weapons. They only wanted to lie to America about it, so we wouldn't want to do anything about it. Isn't that cool? That's what you get when you elect a Democrat. Back in a minute, folks. We'll get uh, we'll get into the day's um, prepared remarks by your liberty-loving Latino coming up, along with um, Ann Pierce. She'll be in to discuss some of the hot spots as we have. Uh, an aircraft carrier group steaming toward North Korea and North Korea is losing its mind. That, that's not, that's not hard to make happen. And uh, other issues that we'll break down coming up on the Salcedo show here in the blaze. The next generation of talk radio, the Chris Salcedo show on the blaze radio network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, the one thing I can agree with the, um, the MSNBS co-host or the host of that program that we dipped into is that, you know, things are chaotic, but it's, they're chaotic because we just come off of a, the occupation of, an, of the Oval Office by an extremist left-winger. Let me bring some of the day's breaking news, bring you up to speed on some of this stuff. Uh, first off, as I mentioned in the last break briefly, uh, it looks like, according to the Associated Press, that uh, Turkey is confirming that uh, that the gas that was used was indeed sarin gas. Uh, Lebanese official close to the Syrian government says nearly 12,000 people will be moved around Syria tomorrow, and a planned population transfer arranged between the government and the uh, between the government and the rebels. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a transfer, you say. Uh, the official who asked for anonymity because he was not authorized to speak to the media said 3,800 people will be evacuated from opposition-held areas around Damascus to the rebel-held province of Idlib in northern Syria on Wednesday. Said another 8,000 people will be moved from the pro-government towns in Idlib to areas under secure government control. So basically what they're saying is, all right, we're going we're gonna to trade the, your people who are uh, pro-Bashar al-Assad, pro-dictator. We'll send them out of our area. You, you send back the people who are anti-Assad, dictator to our area, and we'll trade. We'll consolidate. And by the way, uh, Rex Tillerson is over in, over in Russia. So I'm sure he's going to have uh, plenty of lies to dissect through as Sergei Lavrov who is his, uh, his equal over there in Moscow, will be having a conversation or two with him about, gee, it wasn't our fault, didn't do anything. I mean, and, you know, and Assad, pure as a wind-driven snow. 
You know, no, come on. Uh, I mean, just just because he used chemical weapons in the past doesn't mean he's using chemical weapons now. I mean, come on. No, of course we didn't. Oh, by the way, it came. The Associated Press also reported yesterday that uh, Russia did know. Russia knew that those flights were taking off from that airbase, loaded with chemical weapons. And we also, you guys have heard by now, the reporting that that states. After the gas was dispersed, that a drone, a Russian-made drone, was seen circling around the area where the hospital was, where all the folks were being taken. And then the bombing of the hospital proceeded about an hour or so later. Because the Kremlin wanted to cover up Bashar al-Assad's deed and perhaps their own complicity in that deed. And I'm still taking phone calls on the other Salcedo shows. And I'm not sure where you guys sit on this. 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Some of you guys are reaching out on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X as in Texas. And some of you are saying, hey, no evidence, no evidence. And to which I've, I've asked some of you, man, why? Why are you so willing to believe Bashar al-Assad and Russia over the United States? I mean, what, what, what goodwill has Russia built up with you and Bashar al-Assad? What goodwill has he built up with you? Uh, other news. Uh, this came down from Reuters a day ago. Well, a day and a half ago. U.S. Navy strike group is drawing ever closer to the North Korean peninsula. U.S. Navy Group will be moving into the Western Pacific Ocean near the Korean peninsula as a show of force. Earlier this month, North Korea tested a liquid-fueled Scud missile, which only traveled a fraction of its range. Strike group, uh, the strike group is headed by the USS Carl Vinson, which is the carrier. Aircraft carrier, um will make its way from Singapore toward the Korean Peninsula. And Kim Jong-un, the crazy fat kid, is beside himself, threatening a nuclear strike, threatening, don't, 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 you, don't you come over here, don't you come. This is what all bullies do, you see. This is what all dictators do when confronted with, I mean, an American, an American aircraft carrier group is a formidable fleet. And just one of those puppies, just one, you know, I think we have what, seven carrier groups, seven at this point, uh, that carrier group, uh, one is, is formidable all, uh, in and of its, in and of itself, the aircraft carrier, the United States aircraft carrier fleet, there are many cities. These ships are that big. So at any rate, uh, this is this is what's steaming toward Kim Jong Un as a way to give credibility to Donald Trump, more credibility to Donald Trump, telling the Chinese either you rein him in or we will. Either you spank the crazy fat kid or we're going to. Now, with that going on, as if that wasn't enough for us to think about, how about this? According to reporting coming out of uh, NBC. The Brian Williams Network News. The National Security Council, the NSC, has presented President Trump 
with op- with options to respond to North Korea's nuclear program, and I would a- also hasten to add his missile program, including putting American nukes in South Korea. Now, at one point, we did have nukes. I think it was George W. Bush who removed them from South Korea. To, to, the, to what end, I don't know. Uh, since they were there, they were a pretty effective deterrent. It was probably some sort of, I don't know, nod to the Chinese. We'll get rid of these nuclear weapons if you rein in the crazy fat kid. All right. Back then, it might have been his dad, Kim Jong-il. Kim Jong mentally ill. Well, uh, that didn't work out so well. So now Donald Trump is being told by the NSC that, you know what, we ought to think about putting those nukes back. They want to put nukes in South Korea or killing or kill the dictator Kim Jong-un, according to multiple top-ranking intelligence officials. Now, how much of this is for an audience of one or maybe two the first audience would be of course the chinese now the second audience of course kim jong-un what would the assassination or the killing of kim jong-un do to china as the whole country broke down into chaos you're listening to the chris salcedo show part of generation blaze on the blaze radio network Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. It began a deliberate process led by the National Security Council to recommend diplomatic and military options to the president. We met over several days and I spoke with some of our allies. The National Security Council considered the near century old international prohibition against the use of chemical weapons the Syrian regime's repeated violations of that international law and the inexplicably ruthless murders the regime had committed. We determined that a measured military response could best deter the regime from doing this again. Defense Secretary Matt is speaking live right now on the Chris Salcedo Show, and uh, he is talking about, of course, the, the processes that were used to determine that a surgical strike was necessary to retaliate against, as he said, and this is the case the Salcedo Show has been making, we have almost a century, we have banned these types of weapons from use from any nation on the planet. And that should be enough. But that, that's not stopping many individuals from trying to pigeonhole this administration. Let's talk more uh, about this with Dr. Ann Pierce, a contributor to the Washington Times, author of A Perilous Path, the Misguided Foreign Policy of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Kerry. And welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Thanks for having me. You know, I am astonished that it is not just Democrats. There are some, what uh, what I dubbed yesterday, what many consider war hawks like John McCain and Lindsey Graham. And, of course, the majority of the press trying to pigeonhole this response out of, out of Donald Trump, which was clearly in response to the use of chemical weapons, and trying to say, well, what are you going to do? Do you want regime change in Syria? What do you want to do? What do you, where's your expanded policy? Where's your expanded plan? 
And I, I'm, I'm just getting the sense that, that at least Donald Trump is going, I responded to the chemical attack. That, that was it. There's, there's, don't, don't read any more into it. What say you? Well, I think he did respond to the chemical attack, but I also think there are a lot of indications that this administration is responding very seriously to Syria. And as you said, what's going on in the press is this attempt to, on the one hand, say, oh, you're not doing anything. And then he does something and they say, well, the policy is incoherent. We don't know enough about it. Well, the administration has made clear that they don't like to lay all their cards on the table. But I, for one, am really relieved that they are now taking Syria so seriously. I was concerned about Trump's pre-election statements on Syria and on Russia, and I have been tremendously relieved. The Assad regime is one of the most cruel, devastating, murderous, and destabilizing regimes the world has ever seen. And as I've been saying for a long time, we have to beware ISIS strategy that fortifies Russia, Syria, and Iran. Because if you think about it, these terror-sponsoring, weapons-proliferating, hostile regimes can potentially do us even more harm um, than ISIS can. And what happened during the Obama years was that the Obama administration not only enabled Assad, but also not only did nothing about Assad, but also enabled Assad by way of going along with one Russian plan for that country after another, which had no other purpose than to prop up Assad. So you fast forward to the present, and now we actually are not only doing something in this what is a limited strike, but there are a lot of messages and statements coming out from this administration, which I find very refreshing. I mean, you have Nikki Haley's uh, statements against Russian aggression and especially against um, Assad's atrocities in the U.N., and you have such moral clarity. Um, And in spite of people picking up on Tillerson saying, well, we're going to deal with ISIS first, he's made various comments that are in line with what uh, Haley has said. He has said that steps are underway to form an international coalition to stop Assad, He has said that with acts Assad has taken, there would be no role for him to govern the Syrian people. McMaster, Mattis, others have said similar things. So I'm I'm not uh, seeing this incoherence or this extremism, which is the other criticism you get. I'm seeing an administration that is really looking um, at what to do about this awful regime. Right. And you've got to put in context, too, uh, the tremendous show of support from the Saudi kingdom from Jordan uh, and from uh, Egypt, their, their leaders that came over here. I think if there's going to be any solution, those countries and their armies and their, and their soldiers, they're going to have to be the lead on the ground. Any solution with Syria, especially if it, it entails kicking out the strong man, Bashar al-Assad. Let me, let me bring up some, some past here, Anne, because, and, and this is why I'm so, tenuous on uh, on regime change on this whole open talk once again of regime change we got barack obama who said assad must go and of course didn't want to do anything to make that happen but we've got iran back in 1979 with with james carter a democrat uh we traded the shah a strong arm guy for radicalized islamic fundamentalist terrorists running that country libya this was obama and clinton two left-wing progressives who Uh, went after Muammar Gaddafi, who was cooperating with the United States, but he was a strong-arm thug kind of guy. What's there now? 
ISIS, radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists. Egypt, when Mr. Obama supported the deposing of Hosni Mubarak and getting rid of him. What took his place? Well, it, temporarily, but it was the Muslim Brotherhood, backed fully by resident Obama, a terrorist organization. I guess my broader point is, is that when Democrats try to do this kind of thing, this regime change thing, we end up getting somebody worse. The only one I can think of that stood a, a prayer and, and still is hanging on by a thread is Bush's Iraq. But what, what did that in was the fact that Bush had to go and then Obama undid all the good work that was done there. Yeah, well, one thing I will say is that Obama's statement that Assad must go was a one-time weak statement, which he then backed away from in every way, shape, and form. Um, what the Obama, Clinton, and Kerry team actually did was turn down every positive humanitarian and strategic proposal that came along to deal with that escalating crisis, including, for example, a French proposal for a humanitarian corridor, which, of course, would have been much easier to implement then and now. And in general, as I um, examined very carefully the foreign policy of Obama in a perilous path, what I found was generally they treated um, enemies and adversaries and dictators ungenerously, or generously rather, while treating democratic allies and pro-democracy groups ungenerously. Mm -hmm. And the Mubarak situation was actually an exception, but they really didn't treat the pro-democracy secular element of that rebellion generously or the reformists who were getting ready to um, put Mubarak's son into power as a more reformist-minded person. They didn't re treat the reformists generally in Egypt <laughs> generously. They tended um, to treat more the Muslim Brotherhood generously. Yeah, I guess so the I broader point is I'm, just, I'm, I'm very leery of regime change for fear of a power vacuum and for fear that we own it once we break it. Yeah, and, and I understand that, and I do think that in the Cold War that what we found was that we had all kinds of means to influence events without actually going into a country and um, initiating regime change by way of force. Mm -hmm. It's not that we can simply impose democracy in the Middle East or elsewhere, but we can use our influence to move things in a more pro-democracy direction where rule of law and basic respect rights are respected and where the United States and its allies and power is more respected. And um, one concern I have is that since the Iraq war, we've tended to see things in either or way. It's right. that either we refrain from an active foreign policy or we'll end up with boots on the ground. And yet World War II taught that if we bury our heads in the stand and retreat from the world stage, do nothing to defend democratic principles and to defend people um, who are undergoing extreme um, uh, attack on their very life and atrocities happening, um, the war is actually more likely. So Yeah, it comes back to bite us eventually. You know, I made the same point when people were wringing their hands about us using this targeted strike in Syria uh, that, that America can't act without bringing us to war. I mean, Rand Paul's out there saying, oh, we're at war. No, we're not at war. Uh, we, we, are, we are being a valuable check on rogue regimes. Dr. Ann Pierce, she is a contributor to the Washington Times and the author of this book, A Perilous Path, A Misguided Foreign Policy of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Kerry, uh, where, where Barack Obama failed, and I've only got a couple of minutes left, uh, uh, Dr. Pierce, where one of the biggest failures of the Obama administration was putting a, that needed check on North Korea. Now they are very close. 
to uh, getting a, a rocket that can, uh, an intercontinental ballistic missile that can hit the United States with a nuclear payload. Uh, the Trump administration has sent a carrier group over there to send a message not only to North Korea, but to China, that if they, if China doesn't act to rein in what John McCain called the crazy fat kid, um, yeah. that uh, that we will do it. What is your what is your take on this? Yeah, well, what we've seen over the last years is the exponential progress of North Korea's missile and nuclear programs to the point that North Korea is an existential threat to South Korea and Japan and an imminent threat to the continental United States. So what I've argued is that we should give up this uh, myth that negotiations might work. We've tried them again and again, and instead we need to impose strong sanctions and strong pressure. And that is exactly what the Trump administration is doing now. They're holding out the threat of a preemptive strike, but that is not what they want. They are trying to show force over there by uh, speeding up missile defenses and um, undergoing robust military exercises and sending the straight group over there. This is the right thing to do. Um, we have would to you do it. Favor we have no choice to... now. But um, they're also would... very actively discussing this crisis with our allies over there. And, again, sure. I think they're stepping up in a way that I find a real relief. And um, I'm glad they're doing it. Really quickly, would you would you support redeploying nuclear weapons in South Korea? Oh, that is a tough one. That is a tough <laughs> one. I my my big fear is that even missile defenses might be slowed down by the incoming administration in South Korea and that they might return to sunshine policies of engagement with North Korea. Um, which the South Korean Defense Ministry rejected itself because it acknowledged they had completely failed. So I hope that we don't fall for that trap again. I hope, I'm hoping uh, other methods can work, and I think missile defenses and rallying our allies around and uh, very strong sanctions. We have the potential um, to put much stronger sanctions on um, entities that support North Korea than we are now. And Congress has already um, got that underway with the administration's support. So, All right. Hey, um, uh, look, at the cl- look at the clock. I could talk to you for another hour. Dr. Ann Pierce, she's a contributor to The Washington Times, folks. The name of the book, A Perilous Path, A Misguided Foreign Policy of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Kerry. Dr. Pierce, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll talk again. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye. You betcha. More to come, folks. Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. He is quickly becoming the left's favorite pinata. Only problem is, this pinata hits back. Chris Salcedo, oh, on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. The Charlie Harari Show. 
you got to make sure you know everything about your finances or you're just going to miss the most important indicator. And when you do that and you do it well and you take that time, now you're building the necessary habits that you need that'll give you the information that'll allow you to make decisions to become the best that you can be. The Charlie Harari Show on demand. New episodes posted every Saturday at noon Eastern on theblaze.com slash radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-1554. That's 1-800-403-1554. 1-800-403-1554. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Every Saturday, the right stuff is on the blaze with its most explosive season yet. Extreme challenges await, taking physical endurance and marksmanship to a whole new level. Who will outshoot, outperform, and outlast the competition as each man pushes it to the limits to say they have the right stuff? The Right Stuff, every Saturday at 4.30 Eastern on The Blaze and anytime at theblaze.com. This is attorney advertising. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision. Should not be based solely upon advertising. Kirk Goes and Brad Honnold are responsible for the content of this advertisement. Attention. Call now if you've had an IVC filter placed in your body to prevent blood clots, as you may be at serious risk. The FDA warns that these filters may move or break, which may lead to heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, or even death. Call now for a free consultation. Since 2005, there have been over 1,000 problems reported to the FDA by consumers regarding IVC filters, such as fractures, tearing, device movement, blockage, and breaking of the device. If you or a loved one suffered serious health complications from an IVC filter which moved or broke, call us right now, as you may be entitled to compensation. Call 800-318-4950. That's 800-318-4950. Call now. 800-318-4950. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-803-6951. That's 1-800-803-6951. 
Mike Slater. Some situation where, you know, this, oh, come on, you look at that thing, and they fall, boom, one, and it's, right? That's, it's someone, an alcoholic who goes to a bar, and I'm sure there's alcoholics listening who can amen this, and, but there's going to be one person who's like, oh, I'm an alcoholic, I go to the bar all the time. Okay, good for you. But if you have it under control, you don't even go. And I say that to you, good for you for setting up healthy boundaries to protect yourself. Mike Slater, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 888-900-3393. I'm a big uh, Secretary Mattis fan anyway, so uh, uh, let me dip into more of this this press conference going on live right now uh, at the Pentagon. I don't believe I've talked about red lines. I generally shy away from it myself. I recommend Assad be rather cautious about violating international law with chemical weapons. I suppose that could be considered a red line, so I won't argue the point. Uh, It will not spiral out of control. As you know, Secretary of State Tillerson is in Moscow. Uh, We maintain uh, communications with the Russian military and with uh, the uh, diplomatic channels, it will not spiral out of control. What gives you that assurance? I mean, the Russians have been very clear in their rhetoric. If you, I'll take your point that you've not said the word red lines. The Russians have. They're saying that another response, like the one you launched on April 6th, would be a red line for them. How are you so confident that this isn't going to spiral out of control? Well, I'm confident the Russians will act in their own best interest, and there's no, nothing in their best interest to say they want this situation to go out of control. Yes, ma'am. Uh, as you consider the U.S. force posture after ISIS is defeated in Mosul and Raqqa, are you contemplating maintaining U.S. bases or a U.S. base in Iraqi Kurdistan so as to be able to check any further resurgence of an ISIS-like group? Uh, the short answer is we are in consultations with the Iraqi government about what uh, what the st- stabilization phase looks like. Uh, there have been no decisions. There have been no offers made. Either way, we're in consultation. We're talking about what the tactical situation will probably look like. Secretary James Mattis, uh, Defense Secretary, speaking right now live here on the Chris Alcedo Show, the Blaze Radio Network. I want, I want to dovetail back to this, this whole idea of how can you guarantee it won't spiral out of control? How can you guarantee the Russians are saying that, the, that they've got a red line? The Russians are posturing. How many times have we said this on the program? The Russians don't want to tangle directly with the United States. They're happy to be a pain in our rear end. They're happy to, to nibble at the edges. But when it comes to a direct confrontation with the United States, their economy can't support it. Their military can't keep up with the United States military, even in our dilapidated state. And they don't want it. And the last thing they want is an American industrial engine kicking up into high gear to provide military assets for this nation. That's the last thing that Russia wants. Frankly, it's the last thing the Chinese want. So they're not going to poke the bear, as they say. Hour two of the Salcedo Show comes up next on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't go anywhere, folks. I'll be right back. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.
prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches? I don't have to show you any stinking batches! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, it's hour two underway. The Chris Salcedo Show. I'm happy you've tuned in, everybody, here. This is your radio republic, unlike your current federal government. Your views are heard, listened to, and addressed right here in this program. I shouldn't say all the federal government, because at least the White House is listening to you. It seems that there are some members of Congress that are not working on budgetary items. Not working on a budget. We're looking at another omnibus spending bill, which is not good news. Uh, and also they're talking about, and Republicans are talking about defunding Trump's wall. So we'll watch that as it unfolds. Meantime, let me go to uh, the phones, North Carolina, Connor, welcome to the Chris Salcedo show. Let's say you. Hey, Chris, good to talk to you again. And you, sir, as well. So a thought occurs to me, uh, with all this tension that's going on, you and I both know that. Had Clinton won the election, she wouldn't have done a blasted thing about Syria. So why did Putin want Trump to win so badly? Well, no, that's, a, that, that's a great question. And uh, exactly, there, there would have been nothing that would have prompted Hillary Clinton, just like Barack Obama, to do anything around the world. No atrocity, no violation of, of a nearly centuries-old prohibition on chemical weapons. I mean, think about that. Resident Obama couldn't be moved to, to do anything about a violation of a chemical weapons ban that the human race said no to. I mean, what, what was Hillary Clinton going to do? Call it reprehensible a whole bunch. Yeah, or deplorable. Yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. No, yeah. and, and that, that's a great point. And, you know, what? I think it was Donald Trump Jr. who was out saying the United States will not be bullied by Putin. And... Somehow, I don't think that Vladimir Putin would have ordered a strike on Bashar al-Assad. <laughs> so, no, so, the, so the fact that Donald Trump did this, I mean, I, I think we can see. Now, you've got Lawrence O'Donnell, that kook over at MSNBS, and you've got plenty of other left-wing conspiracy theorists are saying, oh, no, this is all part of wag the dog. This is Trump trying to lob missiles, trying to throw people off the scent that he really loves Russia. <laughs> and he's doing right. Russia's bidding. It, it, it is. They're, they're really full-on kooky out there as far oh, as yeah. this is concerned. Anything but reality. That's for sure. But, no, you make a fantastic point. That if, that if really we, we all knew that Trump was going to be a man of action, that Hillary Clinton was going to be a woman just as flaccid as Barack Obama was as far as foreign policy was concerned. So the, the very idea that, that, we would, that, that Vladimir Putin would want a strong, robust... America back again. It doesn't pass the smell test, right? Right. All right. Connor, I appreciate the call as always, man. Uh, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Uh, coming up this hour, I'm, I'm going to be talking about school choice. Now, for those of you who don't know what school choice is, I'm talking about vouchers. I'm talking about giving parents the ability to take to change the emphasis, if you will, of government, which right now government runs schools and those who believe in big government and government telling you what to do, their emphasis is, oh, we must preserve government-run schools. 
the, the government-run schools, the institution of government-run schools, that is paramount. Now, educating your kids, that's somewhere second, third, maybe even fourth. To the statists, funding teachers' unions so the teachers' unions can fund their political campaigns, that's what's paramount. Now, there are 12 states in our union. I think the District of Columbia does have vouchers, too, in a limited capacity still, even though I think Obama did away with them, the majority of them, in the majority of D.C. schools. But 12 states have what they call vouchers or school choice, which is the state says, well, here's the dollar figure we're going to give your child, and it's up to your child, it's up to you to where your child is best educated. And it can be in a charter school, it can be in a government-run school, it can be in a religious School can be in a private school, whatever. It's your money, you go and do it. And if, and if your money doesn't cover the entire cost, then you make up the difference. And for a lot of people who are low to middle income, that voucher is the difference to get between getting their kids a mediocre, if no education, or rescuing their children out of an underperforming school and getting them a fantastic education. So th- there's a... The state in which I broadcast is the state of Texas. And if we're going through this nonsense in the state of Texas, chances are a lot of you folks in left-wing dominated states are going through this to where it was kind of mean-spirited. The Texas State House under the control over a guy by the name of Joe Strauss. Now, Joe Strauss, he calls himself a Republican, but... Here's what you need to know about this Republican. If the Texas legislature was majority Democrat, he would be a Democrat. If it was majority Republican, he would be Republican. If it was uh, majority the Whig Party, he would be the Whig Party. Do you understand what I mean by this? This man has no moral character. This man has... He, he sticks his finger up in the wind and, and says, where can I get the most power, the most money, and the most influence? And that's where he will go. Not a very principled individual. And I'm sure you guys have somebody like him in your state. As a matter of fact, you out in California, you folks out there, your entire legislature, nearly your entire legislature is populated with individuals just like this. Who view government as their meal ticket. Who view the wielding of power for power's sake, is something that's just inherently theirs. And you would, you would probably think this wouldn't be happening in a conservative state like Texas, but it is. To where there was a school choice initiative, a couple of them, sent out of the more conservative Texas Senate and sent over to the, the Texas House And the House, instead of taking up those bills and trying to come up with something equivalent, they did something altogether different. They came up with a different piece of legislation. was a piece of garbage is what it was. And this piece of garbage legislation targeted specifically with, and you you got this sense from the Associated Press write-up that it was vehement. It was, they, they almost spat the, the target of their legislation, which was 
private and religious schools. From the Associated Press, the Texas House has voted to oppose taxpayer dollars going to private and religious schools, expressly forbidding state funding for vouchers. Now remember, the Texas House is allegedly majority Republican. Now all the Democrats, you expect you expect this anti-religious bigotry to come from the American left. Democrats and liberals, they, they are uh, infamous for this type of opposition. But all the Democrats were joined by a sufficient number of Republicans to pass this initiative. And as I said, they were just, it, it prohibits taxpayer dollars to private and religious, religious education. Not my tax dollars. They're not going to go to fund religious education. And it was, uh, it was, it was mean spirited. It was vehement. It was, well, it, it was bigotry. That somehow, if if your institution of of learning has a religious affiliation, that it's not worthy. And, um, I'm sorry, uh, I I am not interested in religious bigotry being institutionalized by any government, much less the government in the state in which I reside. But that's what happened. It was a 103 to 44 vote. And basically, it's the statists saying, (laughs) we we tell you what to do. We'll continue to, to take your money and we will we will continue to fund the government-run education because that's the important thing, funding the government-run institution. And I thought the important thing was supposed to be educating kids. And it's not happening. In several districts, not only in the state of Texas, but all over this country, where this failed system is failing our kids. And the one thing that's missing is competition. These people who run these school districts, they don't have to compete for your taxpayer money. They're gifted it simply by being a government-run institution. That has to change. More on this, if you want to weigh in on what's happening in your state, especially if you're one of those states where vouchers are in play. I want to know how they're working. Every bit of feedback I have, and granted, it's from pro-school choice folks who say it's working swimmingly in these states. Give me a call. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. We got more coming up on the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. You are listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I wanted to, before I get back into discussion of school choice, there's a, I wanted to read a little more of this story 
that I, I, I wanted to get more into this with Ann Pierce, but because of time, the constraints of time, I wasn't able to do so. Uh, Kim Jong-un, the, uh, the crazy fat kid. Uh, hold on a second. Crazy fat kid threatens to nuke <laughs> U.S. Uh, now, look, he, this, now, he, this guy can do it. Well, he has the nuclear capability. I don't know if he has the, the ability to strike the United States homeland yet. But he's, he's upset that Donald Trump is sending a carrier group to his backyard. Now, let me read from the Reuters account of this. North Korea media warns of nuclear strike on U.S. if provoked. If provoked. What do you think we're going to do? U.S. warships head to Korean Peninsula. Trump says North Korea looking for trouble. Russia is really worried about a possible U.S. attack on North Korea. That's, I'm not sure how much of that is propaganda. That might, that, that works to, to build up hysteria and maybe, maybe a little more pressure on China. North uh, Korean state media on Tuesday warned of a nuclear attack on the United States at any sign of U.S. aggression as a U.S. Navy strike group steamed toward the Western Pacific. Well, they're just about there. U.S. President Donald Trump, who has urged China to do more to rein in its impoverished neighbor, said in a tweet, North Korea was looking for trouble and the United States would solve the problem with or without China's help. And now the, the crazy fat kid is being whipped up into a frenzy because when you're a dictator and you're and you've you know you've killed your own brother and half brother you starve your own people when when somebody that with a bigger gun than yours starts making their way towards you you tend to get a little nervous and i think because look there even even dictators know that they're wrong and mm 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 the uh, Kim Jong Un is not uh, is not. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to fare well with all this. Now, do you think we're first off? North Korea, I don't believe, has the ability to go to war with the United States. Meaning, launching ships coming over here to the U.S. I do worry about their ICBM technology. My understanding is they're still months away from developing a reliable delivery system for their nukes, but who knows how good our intelligence is. So if that's the case, then I've got to worry how good our missile defense systems are. And I think that's another reason why that carrier group is heading that way. Because Team Obama and their intelligence gathering, what they left Trump, probably not, not the most reliable bit of information. And the reason I say that is because what was the M.O. for the Obama administration? It wasn't to tell the people the truth. It was to lie to the American people. We told you about this yesterday, Susan Rice, about Syria's WMD, weapons of mass destruction. We were able to find a solution that actually removed the chemical weapons that were known from Syria in a way that the use of force would never have accomplished. Yeah, that, that was a lie. It turns out residents Obama on several occasions 
said pretty much the same thing, uh, lying to the American people so he wouldn't have to do anything. Take a listen to President Obama and his national security advisor, Susan Rice. Just think about what we've done these last eight years without firing a shot. We've eliminated Syria's declared chemical weapons program. All of these steps have helped keep us safe and helped keep our troops safe. Those are the result of diplomacy. We don't have strong efforts there. The more you will be called upon to clean up after the failure of diplomacy. Yeah. So the Fox News Channel panel, as you heard, continued this discussion. Was it hypocrisy on the uh, part of the Obama administration? Was it incompetence? Was it dishonesty? When they sat there and they claimed that the administration, uh, they claimed that the administration had secured all chemical weapons out of Syria, and then Syria turns around and gasses its people. <laughs> and what I mean by hypocrisy is remember how Barack Obama got elected. Yeah, Barack Obama, who campaigned on intelligence failure about Iraq and chemical weapons and weapons of mass destruction, touting the the essentially the finished job of getting weapons of mass destruction and chemical weapons out of Syria. I find it hard to believe that anybody, any adult in the Obama administration was not aware of the fact that the Syrians are not people you can rely on when they make a promise about weapons of mass destruction or anything else. They or the Russians, you. for that matter. Or the Russians. The yeah, they, they lie as a matter of course. I mean, dictators do that, right? Bashar al-Assad is not a particularly truthful man. Vladimir Putin, not a particularly truthful man. They've lied. They've obfuscated. They've any, anything to achieve their objective. That's why we call them the bad guys. The Russians are ruthless about this. The Russians lie every day and twice on Sunday. The <laughs> Russians are denying any involvement in this. Of course the Russians knew about this. The idea that we have to have an investigation is ridiculous. But that's who they are. And the fact that the Obama administration never understood that is a blot on their record. Well, see, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I think the Obama administration understood it all too well. They just didn't want to do anything about it. That's, that's all. I mean, if it was anti-American, if it was pro-despot, pro-dictator, pro-big uh, government anywhere around the world, Obama was all for it. Any country that wanted to exploit its people, whether it be Cuba, whether it be Venezuela, whether it be uh, Russia, whether it be Syria, Obama couldn't be bothered to lift a finger to get in the way because, frankly, he wanted that here. I got to be honest. He wanted that here. Uh, up next, I'm going to talk to a pastor. I, I told you about this, this, what's going on in Texas with, with vouchers and the religious bigotry that's being used to justify uh, denying people choice and how to best educate their children. There's another component to this as well that we'll get into that another reason that was given why Republicans and Democrats teamed up in Texas to stop, to stop school choice, get this, schools are the top employers in their small towns in Texas. So it's not about educating children. Government-run education is about one thing as far as these politicians are concerned. It's about an adult jobs program because you know those adults they vote. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network.
1-800-273-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. And welcome back, everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show, your radio republic. Federal government, apparently the Texas House. Uh, your views are heard, listened to, and addressed right here on this program. But I want to talk straight from New York City. <laughs> and I got to ask Dr. Robert Jeffress, what are you doing in New York City? <laughs> oh, Chris, good to talk to you. I'm up here to do some interviews with Fox about Easter and uh, about the horrific uh, Coptic Christian killings that we all yeah. witnessed. So that's what I'm doing here before I return for our great Easter Sunday at First Baptist Dallas this Sunday. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm gratified you're talking about it because the majority of the of the basket of biased press isn't. Uh, so uh, as you can hear, folks, Dr. Robert Jeffress, senior pastor at First Baptist Dallas, is our is our guest right now. I wanted to ask you, because the, the hot topic today has been what the House pulled uh, as far as is giving uh, parents choice on how to best educate yeah. their children. And according to the Associated Press copy, they targeted specifically private and religious schools. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard this uh, uh, Mr. Jeffress, but I have uh, this animus that there are some, even some folks who dare call themselves Republicans, and they just spit out the words on uh, not my taxpayer dollars going to a a religious a religious institution, to which I have always rejected that form of religious bigotry. What say you on this? Look, Chris, we have a private school, First Baptist Academy, but I'm a strong believer in the public school system as well. My wife, my mother, mother taught in the public school system for years, so I believe in that. And there may be some legitimate reasons to question doing something that uh, deteriorates or diminishes uh, the, the income revenue for public schools. But that's not the reason most often cited for opposition to this. It's usually religious bigotry, and it's this uh, separation of church and state that is more of a figment of the imagination of judicial activists than it was the original intent of the framers of the Constitution. And I'm going to tell your listeners something I bet very few know. Did you know this phrase, separation of the church and state, not only doesn't appear in the Constitution, it did not appear in any Supreme Court ruling until almost 200 years after the founding of this country. It was in 1947, and it was just a case like this we're talking about. Everson in uh, in New Jersey, it was about whether or not taxpayer money ought to go to support Catholic schools. And mm-hmm. Hugo Black, a justice who was a member of the Ku Klux Klan that, by the way, hated Catholics, was the first to invoke this term, separation of church and state, in a Supreme Court ruling. And his reason for doing so wasn't rooted in the Constitution. It was rooted in his anti-Catholic bias. And that's the history of this phrase being used in the Supreme Court rulings. Uh, that That is uh, spot on. And, of course, the separation of church and state was bastardized, in my opinion, that phrase from a letter from Thomas Jefferson. I think it was to the Marbury Baptist, wasn't it? It was. Uh, the Danbury Baptist. Yeah, and, Danbury. Uh, look, it yeah, and, and look, there was a rumor going around that the Congregational Church was going to be the church, uh, the state church. Jefferson was going to make it the state church, and, you know, Baptists get nervous if they think somebody else is going to be in charge. So they <laughs> write this letter to Thomas Jefferson, and he says, no, that's not going to happen. And he uses that term, separation of church and state. It was a one-sided separation to protect the church from government. 
But, you know, obviously, Chris, Thomas Jefferson did not mean that government and religion were never to mix together because Jefferson is the one who authorized the Capitol to be used for a religious Christian church service every week. He did that two days after he wrote this letter to Danbury Baptist, and that church remained worshiping in the Capitol for nearly 70 years. So whatever he meant by that, he didn't mean this impenetrable wall that was to exist between faith and everyday life. Dr. Robert Jeffress, senior pastor at First Baptist Dallas, our guest right now here on the Chris Salcedo Show. And Well, uh, where, do, where do you see this debate going forward? We talked to Lieutenant Governor uh, Dan Patrick yeah. earlier saying he's not going to give up. He believes that it is a liberty, is a freedom, it is, a, it is the, uh, the right policy to give parents the ability to choose how to best educate their children, that right. we as a society ought to have ought to have that money following the child rather than following one particular institution, which is government-run well, education. Where do you think this is going? Well, where this is going is to the Supreme Court, ultimately, which is why it is so tremendous that we had Judge Gorsuch uh, confirmed this week as a Supreme Court justice. Look, there is a case that is making its way to the Supreme Court right now, Trinity Lutheran. It's a case in Missouri about taxpayer money going to help uh, fund a preschool uh, improvement uh, at their playground. This will probably make its way to the Supreme Court. Judge Gorsuch will hear it. And I believe when you look at his rulings in Hobby Lobby or in the Little Sisters of the Poor, I think he's going to rule not as a Christian. He's going to rule as an originalist, believing in the actual words of the Constitution. And, Chris, I don't care how much he search the Constitution. All the First Amendment says is government can institute a, a state church and coerce people to worship in it. It has nothing to say about prohibiting prayers at graduations or Ten Commandment displays or helping to further people's education. Well, very well put. You took me right where I wanted to go. And as we say goodbye to Dr. Robert Jeffress, senior pastor at First Baptist Dallas. Pastor, a happy Easter to you and your congregation, sir. And I appreciate always our, our time to visit here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks, Chris. I'm a big fan. Thanks for having me. All right. Telephone numbers, 888 And what I was saying, when he took me right where I wanted to go, which was this discussion about Gorsuch. Now, he has been put on the high court with, uh, with the filibuster being thwarted by the so-called nuclear option, the changing of the rules, which, you know, it bears pointing out that it was a response that that going nuclear was a response to the last time the Democrats went nuclear. And I am under no illusion that that if the Democrats got back into power once again and the filibuster was used against them the way they used it against Republicans, that they would they would go nuclear, too, because they've already gone nuclear once. So. uh the Republicans finally, and I finally got tired of being stabbed in the back in this double standard where Democrats get to do every debaucherous maneuver they possibly can to get their way. And then when Republicans are in power, no, they have to go back and they have to respect the, the rights of the minority, but Democrats don't. And Republicans said, hell with that. No, we're not, we're not doing it that time. this time. You guys, what is... Uh, what movie was that in? Ah, it was uh, Tombstone. Remember uh, <laughs> Wyatt Earp shows Ike Clanton the badge? You called down the thunder. 
Now it's cut. Now, now, now it's here. You called down the thunder. Now you're getting it. And that's exactly what the Republicans said when they said, well, we're going so-called nuclear. And we are not going to allow you to continue as you have wrongly applied the filibuster to judges. This started with Democrats. Democrats started filibustering Bush era judges. That started with them. Then when the Republicans did it, the Democrats went nuclear. See how that works? But of course, Ben Cardin and Chuck Schumer and all the other leftists, they never tell you that. Now, the reason why I am so happy that this happened this way is that it is rumored that Justice Kennedy will be retiring. And then maybe Ginsburg will be forced to because of her health. And if, and if those two things happen, then there will be no discussion. We will be able to fundamentally transform the court to a conservative-leaning court, a constructionist uh, court for decades, which will thwart the American left for decades. And that will preserve liberty and freedom and the rights of people, of you and me. And, it will, and the Democrats will have only themselves to blame. They got upset that the Republicans were going to give them a taste of their own medicine. And finally, I am glad these petulant children got a taste of their own medicine. They needed it. This idea that Democrats get to have their way, liberals get to have their way, uh, is, and, and Republicans don't get that, 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 same, that same courtesy, I'm tired of the double standard. And now, for the remainder of Donald Trump's first term and hopefully the second term, we will not, we will not have to deal with Democrat obstruction on this. They will have nothing to say about what happens in the high court now. That is, of course, presupposing that the Republicans maintain control over the Senate. And that is also presupposing. Now, this is this dovetails into my next area of discussion. If Republicans start behaving like the Texas House Republicans and big government elitists who let, let me read, let me read from this Associated Press copy. House Democrats. Opposing vouchers typically team up with Republicans in rural communities where schools are top employers, as well as social centers offering football and other popular activities. Oh, well, for crying out loud, why didn't somebody tell me that our kids have to suffer under a crappy education system so we can have football and we can make our schools social centers? Oh, oh, yes, and we can make sure our schools are employers of adults. Why didn't you tell me that was the whole purpose of government-run schools? See, I was under the mistaken impression they were there to educate children. My bad. My mistake. This is, if Democrats on the national level behave like these these. I'm sorry, if Republicans on the national level 
behave like Republicans in the Texas House, you're going to see their majorities in Congress disappear because the American people are not in the mood anymore to put up with, oh, yeah, 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 I promise you I'll do something when we get the, yeah, liberty, freedom, yeah, 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 what are you, and then nothing gets done, and they team up with Democrats. That's, that's a cautionary tale for those in the Senate who might want to, well, oh, I don't know, not fund the border wall. Speaking of those in the Senate who might not want to, well, I mean, I'm not sure where they stand on this. We'll ask them tomorrow. Not one, but two senators answering our questions. Texas Senator Cruz and Texas Senator Cornyn will be here on the Chris Salcedo Show, and so don't miss tomorrow. Uh, I'll fo- oh, look, look at the time. I got to get to a break. I'll be right back here. The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Just read an email about, it was a rather interesting theory about the United States and, and why Russia might be wanting to, to push the United States into a conflict with North Korea, a full-blown conflict. Because Russia, Russia knows that, that uh, a one-on-one confrontation with us and them would be severe disadvantage them. So the hope writes uh, the Chris Salcedo show listener would uh, of Putin would be that the United States would be mired down in North Korea and it would be able to, it wouldn't be able to fight on two fronts, the Russians and the Chinese. I'm sorry, the North Koreans, which would be proxy for the Chinese. So I, I still, even on that type of engagement, I don't think that, that Russia can hold out. Their economy is, in, is tenuous at best. And the status, I mean, they, they have nukes, but be, being able to deploy them, well, that's, that's a, a different matter altogether. And I still think strategically, even, even after enduring eight years of President Obama where our military didn't move forward, we were still sufficiently ahead uh, tactically and technologically ahead of the Russians B.O. before Obama. I still think it, it would be, it would be, they would pay the greater price. I'm not saying it would be a cakewalk, folks, and I'm not even saying I'm advocating for any, I don't want to go to war with Russia. I don't want to go to war with North Korea. I don't think it'll come to that. I think Kim Jong-un is going to realize fairly shortly uh as he's staring down the uh, the gun barrel of a, a U.S. carrier group, that perhaps this isn't the best way to go. And he's he's going to be getting. A, and you know what? Don't don't forget who also doesn't want us there. The Chinese, the Chinese don't want us there. And we disrupt things for the Chinese and their plans, while we have a carrier group over there. And this is, this is going to be, it's going to be played well. But I think that we have 
significant enough leverage on the Chinese to where they're going to be able to rein this this kid in. Don't forget, you know what? They're, they're liberals, these Chinese communists, and they don't want to do anything until they absolutely have to, and maybe they absolutely have to now. All right, folks, remember, a society's worth, it is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have yourselves a great day. Back for Hump Day tomorrow, right here on The Blaze, The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll see you then. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is The Blaze Radio Network.